Hey everybody, welcome to the But Why Not podcast. This is your host, Mary Elizabeth. This podcast is all about discovering those reasons as to why you might say, but why not me in your life and how to learn strategies, techniques, tools, hacks to overcome that and be able to truly live the life that you want and deserve. Before I forget, because I am an ADHDer and that is most definitely why I do, make sure that you hit subscribe, you share this podcast with a friend, you leave a five-star review because I have gotten so many messages, phone calls, uh, I mean smoke signals, everything about how much this has helped people and that's really always been my goal in life is to help others, right? So you can find me on Facebook at Mary Elizabeth Ryan, you can find me on Instagram and TikTok at the only Mary Elizabeth, or you can find a hashtag that is now branded as mine as that ADHD girl. All right, so I'd love to hear from you. Make sure you share this to your stories so that I can celebrate you as well. Hey everybody, welcome to this episode of the But Why Not podcast. Before we begin, I just want to let you know that there are some sensitive topics around mental health in this episode. So please, if you're easily triggered by conversations surrounding mental health, please listen with caution. This is an incredible episode, but I really want you to listen safely. So if you or a loved one are struggling with mental health, please make sure that you reach out and seek help. Today we're talking to my friend Vid. He's 31, was born and raised in Slovenia. He has been a chef for 16 years and currently works at a Michelin star restaurant. He is also the host of Frank Plima podcast. As the third child of the family, he also considers himself the black sheep. But as most of us know, the black sheep becomes the goat or the greatest of all time. In this episode, Vid and I talk about his career as a chef. He walks us through his journey of how the cooking world can be extremely a toxic environment and how he desperately wanted to find a way to 10x his life. After saying no so many times, he decided to say, but why not, and start with a service-based company called Lokanet. While he's working at a five-star Michelin restaurant in Slovenia, he shares how he's building his business to one day be able to leave the kitchen and travel the world, enjoying life on his terms. Hey guys, welcome to this episode of the But Why Not podcast. I'm super excited to be here with my friend Vid. We met through the Inner Circle, which um, is from Fraser Brooks. Again, it's all about network marketing and direct sales. And without being in this business, this industry, I would not have met this incredible human who happens to be my birthday buddy. We have the same birthday, which is so amazing. So Vid, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks, Mary Elizabeth. I'm excited. You're excited. Excitement is in the air, even if we are like the pond. The pond is between us. The pond. It is between us, right? I'm in New York, and as I always say, I'm not in New York City. There is more to New York than just New York City. So where are you located? I am located currently in Visoce. It's 20 um, houses. It's near a city called Terzic. It's bigger, but originally I'm from Skofia Loka, which is the third um, oldest city in Slovenia. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesome. We even yeah, have... so we are a bit apart. Yeah, the pond, just the pond. Right? Yeah, the pond. I know, right? <laughs> um, so I would love for you to kind of like um, give us some backstory, tell us, you know, how you grew up, like, you know, I know that you're a chef now and you've been a chef for a while. So how did you kind of get into that? Well, Mary Elizabeth, I didn't always want to be a chef. I always wanted to live life. I can remember that. I always wanted to have fun. I always wanted to know more. I was always intrigued with magic, the esoteric, the divine, the stuff you can't explain, the stuff that just works. 
some things I read in the thing in uh, uh, in the book Thinking Grow Rich, and I was just like, when things happen, I was just like. So yeah, that was always intriguing to me. I always loved to travel because my parents uh, uh, drove us around in the cars through Europe. We went to Scandinavia, down to Portugal. It was amazing. It was amazing. So I didn't always want to be a chef, but I always loved to to, to eat. Eating was <sighs> there's just something about food. I'm, there is. There's just something about food. I remember that, let's say as a child, I remember that. And I also remember that I love to go shopping with my mom. I love to go shopping with my mom. Something about going shopping with my mom was, was always interesting. Or she, or she always met someone that she knew and then they talked. And then it was like something exciting because you, 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 you met someone, you talked with someone or you, you met someone new and you talked with them. And it was, it was, it was, it was similar to what we're doing now <laughs> to be yep, honest, right to be honest uh but i when i was younger i have an older brother so my brother is six years older than me currently we don't have a relationship but i love him as a brother but currently we don't have a relationship because when uh -huh. i was younger i was his puppet i was his puppet until the age of 14 <clears throat> i would say 14 i was like a puppet to everything, how I communicated, yeah. what was my attitude, what was my belief system, what do I thought, how the world lived. I was, I was, I was not, I was not a good person to be honest, because my brother is my brother. <laughs> let let just put it there. So yeah, let just put it there. So, but um, when you had to go, let's say, I don't know how it's called in English or in the United States, but let's say that when you go from what primary school to high school or, sec okay. or secondary to high school. Okay. Okay. Um, you have to pick where you want to go. So all of my family, my sister, my brother, my mother, my father, they all went to this just classical high school where you just get a piece of paper and you are, you are, you are nothing. You are just educated in a sense. And because I was peer pressured and pressured by my brother, I also went to this high school. And after six months, I was just like, I'm not doing this, bro. I'm not doing this. Because at the age of, let's say, 10 or 11, we had a, a, a class where we were learning to cook, basically. <laughs> yeah. Once a week, once one hour a day, one hour per week. And we were doing, uh, have you ever tried panna cotta? I don't know. Okay, so panna cotta is basically just boiled cream, sugar, then you add gelatin, you pour it in molds, and then you stick it in the fridge. It, it solidifies, and it's like pudding texture. It's, it's, it's wild. <laughs> it's amazing. Oh, I've only had pudding. I don't think I've had that. Yeah, panna cotta. Panna cotta. I'm going to write you in the, on WhatsApp. So yeah. uh, we, did, we did a yogurt version of panna cotta. And when we were doing the panna cotta, I wasn't paying attention what she did. So when I wanted to try the panna cotta, she was just like, we're going to try it tomorrow, bro. And I was just like, why tomorrow, man? Why tomorrow? Mm -hmm. So the next day when we came into school, when she turned over the cup, it, it, was, it was solidified. It was not liquid. And I was just like, what is this magic, bro? What is this? Right? What, what did she do? She, she just put gelatin in, you know? gelatin just helped and that's it so yeah 
I don't know why I say gelatin because of the French people because they watch so much videos. Gelatin. <laughs> so that was the day I wanted to become a chef because I wanted to know how food works and I was just like, bro, if I if I can learn to cook, I can eat amazing food all the time. <laughs> oh, absolutely. So fast forward to the day when I had to choose the school because I was manipulated by my brother. I went to the same school as they after six as them after six months. I was just like, I ain't doing this anymore. And my mom was worried. She was panicking. Why am I failing school? Why am I not doing great? I wasn't in a tough crowd. I wasn't doing drugs. I wasn't drinking. I wasn't doing any bad stuff. I just wasn't interested. Uh, then she sent me to the psychologist or what it's called when they show you those pictures. Yep. No, when they show you those pictures and yep. numbers and the stuff like that. And I was like, and I was just like, after half an hour of doing the exercises and listening to the woman, I was just like, I don't have a concentration problem. I just don't care about this school. I want to be a chef. And her eyes lit up. And she called my mom and my, my mom's eyes, eyes lit up. My dad's eyes lit up. And I was just like, hmm. What if I just do what I want to do and not what other people want to do? And since, yeah. then, and since then, so that from the age of 14 or 15, I actually started realizing a little who I was or having a grasp of reality. Before that, I literally have a blank. <laughs> well, that's awesome. It, and it's so I'm, I think that high school in like the UK and Europe, I, that's your step before university over there, yeah? Yes. Yeah, so you guys actually, we don't graduate high school over here until like you're, until we're like 17 or 18. So there's a big age difference because then we go to college. So most of the people over here when they're 14 or, well, 13, 14, 15, they would be in almost like a ninth grade, eighth grade kind of thing. And while they might sort of understand what they want to do, they still have four more years before they could even attempt to, because mm -hmm. you can't go to a secondary school. You can't go to a college or things like that um, without that high school degree over here. So it's really awesome. So you were kind of, it sounds like that cooking class was similar to what we have is like home ec, yeah, where yeah. you kind of like learn, yeah, learn those things. So, and it's funny because I love food. And I come from a really big Italian family and we always had food all the time, right? Like, yeah, exactly. All the time. But I hate to cook. <laughs> and it's like, I know, I know I'm breaking your heart, right? I know. But it, I didn't even understand why until two years ago with the whole ADHD thing. And it was because like following the recipe and getting through the thing. So that path of like the journey on how you got to here. So you go to school, you become a chef. And so you go to, is this, is the place that you currently work the first place you started no, or did no, you? No, 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 So basically after that therapy session or the psychologist, um, because my parents were so excited because I started choosing for myself because I am the black sheep of the family. Hands down. Hands, hands down. <laughs> black sheep. Um, and my parents are such sweethearts and they were just like, okay, if you want to be a chef, uh, you have to go to till the end of the year to this school, then you can go year one again. So I went year mm -hmm. one with 93 uh, babies, not 92 babies as we are. 
so I was much uh -huh. older than everyone. It was the best decision ever because we had the best class. I met the best friends. Even if, if we meet now, we still have great connections. We're not in touch, but we have great connections because it, it was really yep. awesome. So I also was four years. So I was then four years attending in Radolica. So that's the city called here. I was driving with train and back to Skopeloka and going Radolica being being in it's it's a really beautiful city um and i also had hmm, how is it called you get money once a month let's say from a hotel chain yeah so you are almost like government assistance like support mm, no like hmm, like financial aid like from the college no, from the from the hotel chain. So there is in Bled. So there is a city here in Slovenia called Bled, and uh, there is uh, Sava Hoteli Bled. So there are a lot of hotels around Bled and around Slovenia. And I got like I don't know a college. It was like a stipend almost. I got one hundred and fifty yeah. euros per month from there because then I was doing my uh, work summer job in the hotel. So basically. They were financing you, so you after four years you get then get a job at one of the hotels, and then you work in the hotel. But oh, right, right, okay, okay, yeah. But that's awesome. I didn't get a job because uh, they weren't hiring anybody higher than the three-year school. So you got a three-year cooking school plus two years if you want to go, or you got a four-year cooking school, and then you got also tourism here and also how to be a waiter here. In the three and two, you just have a chef. Here you also have more, so you get more knowledge. Um, I lost the thought. Well, you said they didn't hire you. They didn't hire me because I was a four-year school, not a three-year school. So I got like 8K and thank you so much. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so... How so? Did you you then? I'm assuming applied to or went to another restaurant or like yeah. how did you transition? Because that had to kind of be a hit to your heart. Like I put all this in expecting no, to be able to meet with you. because I didn't want to work in those the restaurants, those in the in those oh. hotel chains. Yeah, it was perfect. It was perfect. I I always wanted to work for Gordon Ramsay. I always wanted to. Yeah, he he's, uh, he's oh man, he, I love him so much. Oh, every part of me, I watch all his shows, I play his app game, like, I am, I mean, I, a super fan, if you had, if, if Gordon Ramsay had groupies, like, right, see, it's like we're meant to be. Yeah, 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 well, Gordon, Gordon, Gordon is the, also the main reason I really wanted to become a chef, because his stance, his presence, his professionalism. I've, I've read his books, like everything you said, the shows, the interviews, the everything. He put his head down. Just yesterday, I was listening to an interview from Marcus Waring, and they were asking him how was it working for Gordon Ramsay. And he said he was the last one in the kitchen, the first one out of the kitchen. He was always loud. He was always proud. He was always a people person. But at 12 o'clock and 6 o'clock, absolute focus. And he said that's why he's the best. And I'm just like, I was just like getting fucking goosebumps, man. It was, it was amazing. It was amazing. Yeah, but I had also a band in the meantime when I became a chef. At almost the same time, I started playing guitar. So that's maybe for another episode because I was doing, I had a band for like 15 years and everything. 
so cool, mate. Oh, my God. Yeah, so basically, um, because I had a band, I didn't go to the UK. I didn't go to Spain. I didn't go to Italy because music is also my passion. I love music. But I didn't want to leave. And then I... and. I didn't I didn't go so I watched YouTube countlessly. I switched jobs here in Slovenia, going to the best chefs in Slovenia, going to the worst chefs chefs in Slovenia, going in the best jobs as a chef, going at the worst jobs as a chef. I did it all. I did it all. I grinded out here in Slovenia and in the meantime when I was in uh in the in the cooking school, one of my friends introduced me to network marketing. It was a it was a energy drink company that basically you sold energy drinks and they were natural made and then you get commissions and everything and i was just like well this sounds fun but i don't see myself doing it so three years later another employee the ex-employee of uh, where we used to work together uh also gave me a call he said i have a business idea and i was just like yeah, sure, no worries. I, I was never a close-minded person, you know? So he then, um, I think it was, I think it was, it was what? I think it was Junez. I think it's, it was the name of that company. I'm not sure. I don't remember. He called okay. me up for another, um, another business idea. And I was just like, I don't see myself doing this. I wasn't aligning myself with what am I selling or with what am I promoting or with what am I using, you know? Yeah. And I was just like, yeah, this is not for me. And then life just went on. I worked all the time in the kitchen. I worked 12, 14, 15 hour shifts. My legs were torched at the age of fucking 27. I think it was 27. My legs were broken. My feet were broken. I worked for 30 minutes and I'm I couldn't work anymore. I got migraines. I'm oh. feeling shitty all the time. Then it comes to your psyche. And then when you think about it, you become that. And, oh, I was losing my mind. I was losing my mind. I was losing my mind. And then, but I was still enjoying life. I'm still enjoying life. I, I, I always thought I'm experiencing life very differently than other people. I don't know why. Since I was huh? a child, I always knew that. I always knew that. Um, and then at the age of 25, my grandmother, so my legs hurt later, but at the age of 25, my mama, because she was Italian, mm -hmm. no, no, yeah. uh, she died at the age of 25, and I was just like, bro, what's your backup plan, bro? You got any backup plans, man? Life can end like this. She's not going to be your best friend forever, bro. What's going on? And, and then I started getting anxiety. I started getting panic attacks. I started thinking about death all the freaking time. There wasn't a freaking second of the day that my mind wasn't thinking about death or dying or whatever. But I was still, I was still, I was still, I was still trying to move through everything. And then, then on, I don't know, the same year just i think that maybe just one week or two weeks before my birthday before our birthday right i ate the magic mushrooms i ate the magic mushrooms yes i ate right. the magic mushrooms and there i started to like I, I got shaken up i got shaken up i got shaken up and i was and i was sitting in Skofeloka, looking the beautiful city from above looking uh, i was in nature it was it was awesome and i was just thinking Bro, 
So for the past 15 years, you have been a chef and you're still a fucking chef grinding your ass off. And for the past 15 years, you've been grinding your music and you're still in a garage band. And what's going on, man? What is going on? Mm -hmm. Do I have a plan? No, because I didn't have a plan. Right. But luckily, I don't know how life works. It just does. Mysterious ways, that's for sure. Mysterious ways. I think that two months late after my birthday, ex-coworker called me. He said, I have a business opportunity. I was just like, come again. It was the same coworker as before. So it was the mm -hmm. same one. He's also a chef. So he was. we had similar, similar experiences, but uh, yeah. he quit the industry, to be honest, because it takes a lot. It takes a lot. It does. It takes a lot. Um, and then he he came to me. He came to me after work, and he gave me the presentation first. Before he was just like a friendly. And then I heard that a concept that I can build a shopping cart. Things we do all the day, every day, normally we live our lives, and I can promote it around food. I can promote the business around myself because it's service based. And because it's a service-based business, I can do it really specifically to, to, to me, to me, you know? And, yeah. and I was just like, so, bro, you, you, you say to me that this company is going to fly away. It's going to fly into the sphere. It's going to be the Googles, the Facebooks, the Amazons. He said to me, it's going gonna, it's gonna to become one of those companies in a couple of years because of the service. And I was just like, well, bro, let's go and see this presentation. And when I saw the presentation, it was perfectly, the timing was perfect, the idea was perfect. And I was just like, we need to build a shopping <laughs> empire, man. But, right? but, there's a big but. You know, when you get a really good idea, a really good idea, you, you just get a hard on, <laughs> you just do it. Yeah, yeah. You just yeah. got a hard on. And then somebody shits on that idea. And then that idea doesn't come true ever, ever, ever. So people here in Slovenia, like Eric Ori says, you got posers, amateurs, and professionals. In Slovenia, there are only posers pretending to be professionals. Okay. So basically, the entire network marketing profession in Slovenia is poser mentality and building on sand. Everybody's building on sand. Everybody's lying. Everybody's manipulating. Everybody's just earning on people and not explaining to them what is this in the profession? What do you have to do? That it's hard. That you have to learn. That you have to go out of your comfort zone. That you have to live out of your fucking comfort zone, basically. Yeah. Um, and because nobody told, uh, we, me and Luca, we were both exposed to these fake professionals and we did a lot of damage to ourselves because... Oh. our view of the industry was way different than it really is. But luckily, Mary Elizabeth, luckily, our company had Eric Worre at our company events. He was doing trainings. Yeah, I saw him like... All right, all right. Him, yeah. So he gave us the expectations of the industry. He told us about GoPro. We read GoPro and we were just like, well, this is a little different. And a couple of years later, Luca heard... On, uh, also, Eric Worre said that when people join the industry, they are like babies. They are, if they are never exposed in their life, they are like babies. So if the baby is F-U-C-K-E-D with the P 
posers in the beginning, um, it, your, your expectation of the industry is going to be way different than it really is. So Eric, worry about with that one for sure. Then the last event when Eric Worry was there, also Tony Robbins was there. Oh man, Tony Robbins. <laughs> if you haven't watched his his um, Date with Destiny Netflix series, I didn't realize it was on Netflix. Man, there's, uh, that was incredible. Well, he changed my life at that event. So it was one of those days when it turns your life around. It was the first time I ever heard where focus goes, energy flows. It was the first time I've heard motion equals emotion. It was the first time when I saw him, when I was reading his books and also saw the date with destiny, I was just like, Tony Robbins is coming. Uh, I mean, also Pitbull was also there at that event. You also shared yeah, and it was, Well, and the, the hard thing is, is that even if we're not just talking about network marketing, I know for me, when I was in the medical field, this type of stuff doesn't exist. I don't know about the, the cooking world, but personal development isn't something that they talk about. It's not something that they promote. They don't, you know, they don't want like, and I don't even know if it's, they don't want, like they just have no knowledge. It's not there. It's just, it's, you know, you're always in fight or flight, you're cutthroat. Like you always have to, and if you don't go above and beyond what your expectations are, then you're a shit person. Like if you don't go above and beyond and it's like, yeah, but I still have, I still have family. I still have a life. I still have to take care of myself. Like, you know, well, you know, you start at seven o'clock, we don't pay you before seven o'clock, but you have to be here at six thirty. Like, you know, it's all those expectations and you don't understand how to put those boundaries in place and how to protect yourself and your energy and focus on not the problem, but the solution. Like, I don't talk about any of that. Nobody, nobody. And, no. And that's why I think the network marketing industry is so incredible because you actually learn all of that on top of being able to bring in an income, whether you want to make $300, whether you want to make a thousand, whether you want to make a million, it doesn't matter. Like you still learn all those skills for yourself and for your business. And I think that that's what's the incredible part because we didn't grow up learning that. They don't want us to learn that. Mm -mm. So no, but I would say like, Oh, sorry, go ahead. You started first, Mary Elizabeth. <laughs> I always just say though, you know, like, I never bash corporate because I think that there's a lot of benefits there, but at the same time, your CEOs or I assume your, your chefs, they don't necessarily, not all of them, but most of them, they don't want you to become them because that threatens their job. Whereas within this industry, everybody, you know, there's, there's always negatives to every industry, but what I found with network marketing is that everybody still wants you to grow for the most part, right? They want you to succeed. And you also feel a sense of growth between your personal self and your business self that you don't feel in a corporate world because they're not wanting you to climb the ladder. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't have a plan for you. Yeah. Jim Rohn says, you know what your employer has planned for you? Not much. Mm -mm. Not much. He has his own plans. He doesn't have your plan. And like you said, with the personal development and growing, in the future, I want to help people in the hospitality industry to work on themselves because uh, being a chef is a really, it's, it's not easy. It's not easy. You got a lot of drugs. You got a lot of alcohol. You got a lot of sex. You got a lot of, you got a lot of bad behavior. You got a lot of poor choices. You got a lot of poor people, poor mindset people. You got a lot, mm -hmm. of, you got a lot of 
put a lot of distractions. So the job where I am currently, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm gonna stay here until I'm just like like I said to you before, Kirill. Kirill, good day. Because working in an environment like this, you don't have. You got. You probably got good environment, but more or less you don't. You don't. The mental right. mental health aspect in the hospitality industry. It's not talked about. It's not talked about in general, but in the hospitality industry, even less. Yeah, and I think that that's very similar to the medical field. Before we kind of wrap up in a minute, I want to ask you this because I yeah, was... I still until... have 20 minutes. At 7, I have to go, so we can... Oh, good. All right. So I want to ask you this because I'm really interested. And before I watched Gordon Ramsay, I um, will admit that I had no idea that this was a thing, right? But talk to me about what a Michelin star is and what a Michelin star chef is and what the pressure is in that industry to get to that point. Like, is there pressure that makes you try to work even harder? Because if you don't have that, it makes you not feel worthy of being like, explain that process to me. Well, it's your lucky day because I'm a Michelin chef in a Michelin star restaurant. (laughs) Ah, look at you. So basically we have one Michelin star. I don't know. Did you know this? You didn't know this. You didn't know this. Nope, I didn't know. Perfect. So basically the Michelin guide came, I don't know when, but it came a lot of years ago. And it came out as just a guide where you can basically change your tires. Then it was, then it they added where you can also grab something to eat. So basically where you can um, get new tires or fill the tires and also something to eat. But people loved the idea that they would have a guide where they open where they travel through the United States or through Europe or all over the world and there would be special restaurants where you could eat or special places where the food was exceptional and over time it became this the pinnacle of gastronomy that if you're an, if you are one of the Michelin star restaurants you are one of the few in the world that actually has above and beyond food above and beyond service some absolutely do, some some don't. Some are overhyped. Uh, Michelin is not everything, but it is. It is tradition. It is tradition. And usually in Michelin-star restaurant, you get stuff you normally don't eat. You, you get textures. You get tastes. You get, let's say, for example, we have our meat sauce. It's called a Danny sauce. We make it, we make it today. It takes us two days to make it, and then you get like two spoons of it <laughs> because it's so concentrated. Yeah, it's like you make a veal, wow. you make a veal stock, seventy liters. I don't know how much is that in the metrics in the USA. Seventy liters. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Not, I can't math like that. Let's say that it's like a big pot, a big pot. You can fit in it. Me can fit in it. No worries. So then you make a veal stock. And then you reduce it to half, and then you make a caramel, you put red wine in it, you make a red wine caramel, and then you put this veal stock in, you also add some um, baked veal bits that you don't use, um, and also some vegetables, and then you reduce it again, you reduce it, reduce it. We don't even salt it, because all of the salt is extracted from all of the reducing we don't even salt it. It's salty as hell, man. But then from 70, you get five. You get five. 
That's so crazy. Oh my god. See, so like, this is so fascinating to me because so the Michelin star is it specific to kind of like Europe and things like that? Because I'd never, and it might just be my lack of understanding, but I'd never really heard of it in the U.S. So is it more of a European culture in that it's a no, it's all over. It's a global one. It's a global in the U.S. You got a lot of restaurants. You, you can check if you write down the French Laundry. You can check out the French Laundry on YouTube, Mary Elizabeth, or you can check out Alinea on YouTube, or. I have to look it up and see the closest one to me. I had no idea though that until you just said it that it was actually related to the tire company. Yeah. Yeah. No, I had no idea. That's so fascinating. Yeah. Like it. 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 It, it, it came out of tires. Now it's about food. <laughs> That's so cool! Yeah, oh my god. So, because you're working in a, a Michelin star restaurant, did you? feel pressured to become a Michelin star chef or were you allowed to work even like, were there qualifications that you had to work towards? And like, was that difficult for you? No, no, because, um, I used to work for, before I came here, um, I used to work for two or three chefs here in Slovenia, which were really badasses. They, they worked for Gordon Ramsay. They worked for Joel Robuchon. They worked at three Michelin star restaurants and I learned a lot from them, a lot of discipline from them a lot of creativity from them. So basically, I'm confident in cooking. I have no worries cooking. So basically, um, I had no pressure coming to this restaurant, but this restaurant didn't have their Michelin star restaurant last year. They they got it before, but because they had to move, they lost the rest, they lost the star. So they didn't have the star, but I think that three months after I worked there, we got our Michelin star. <laughs> Oh, that's so awesome. So tying that all together, because there was a point that the reason I asked about that, how did you or how do you translate that confidence that you have in your cooking into your network marketing business? Like, do you see it the same way? How do you bring that confidence and all of that drive that you learned into your network marketing business to help you and Luca and your team and your customers be successful like how did you feel that pulled together hmm, interesting question interesting question well one thing i bring to network marketing from the chef point of view is teamwork because in the kitchen if you don't communicate if you don't work as a team and if you, you are not there for the greater good of everybody you're a schmuck you are a schmuck if you're in it for yourself you're a schmuck and network marketing is the best industry the best profession because we have to work all together. Even if we're not yeah. in the same business, if we don't learn to work together, we're not going to grow together. We're not going to win together because together is better. Fact. Together is better. Um, so that and maybe some discipline, maybe some discipline because some, some activities you, me, Luca do, some activities Luca has so problems and I'm just like, why? Because of my discipline, you know, because of my work ethic, because of my look down and just do the work. Fraser said, do 50 lives, 50 lives. <laughs> Fraser said, 20, 20 ask the questions, 20 ask the questions. Next time, 50, 
I'm gonna do as many as I can, or what I'm gonna do future. Right? Fraser said, make a vision board. I have. I... Oh, I love it. Oh, I love it. I have my vision board. Fraser says, make this, you make that. So basically, I would say that discipline, communication, teamwork, um, following up. I think it also, well, so I think it also helps you when you talk about the teamwork side of it. There are things that your your business partners, the people that you're in business with, don't like to do, right? There are things that they have their weaknesses, if you will, and their strengths. And so I think that that really helps you be able to work together and even trade tasks or just help them through something because you can give them a different perspective. You can give them a different view on, okay, like, listen, I know this isn't really the thing that's your favorite to do. So what should we do about it? Do we break it down a little bit more? Do we look at hiring that out so that you can focus on the things that you really are good at? And being able to have that like diversity of, <laughs> I was going to say juggling plates, but like, <laughs> you know, being able to do those things. Like, I think that that really helps tie that all together. And I think that your background and going through everything you've gone through and all the experience that you've had has really been able to make you an incredible network marketer and somebody that like, anybody that joins you would be honored to work with you because you do have all of those things. Thanks, Mary Elizabeth. <laughs> You're so welcome. Thanks. For so where can people find you? Where's the best place to contact you, to follow you? Where should they go to look to find you? Well, you can find me on Facebook, on Instagram at Vidvranichar, but I have a ch, I have a ch in my last name, which is very um, common here in Slovenia. We have Ch, Z, so that's on the Z, there's a little Z, and also yep. on the S is a Sh, so we have Sh, you write it in English, I, I think it would go S-H-H, so Sh, yep. but we have just a Sh, so Vidvranitsar, but yep. it's just a Vidvranitsar, Vidvranitsar. On, in, on TikTok, Mary Elizabeth, I am Frank Plima. Frank Palima, all yeah. right, I like Palima it. Palima means tide, so I am Frank Tide. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, Vin, I want to thank you so much for this. I cannot wait to hear all the feedback from it, and um, I'm I'm so thankful to know you. Thank you for being here. Yeah, likewise, likewise. I just want to add something. I just want to add something. Yeah. If anybody is listening and is working in the hospitality industry, the pressure you feel wanting to win in life like we are doing with this industry trying to find out who you are trying to make a big empire trying to live life to the fullest that's pressure being in a being in a kitchen mary elizabeth or being in a michelin star restaurant eh, there's pressure but it's not so much I'm, I'm just being honest there's not so much pressure because there's not so much pressure Doing the stuff we're doing, it's way huge. But that's the thing I talked about earlier. You're living in your, um, not in your comfort zone. You're living outside of it. And I'm eternally grateful for this industry, for this profession. Eternally grateful because this is my purpose. I meant to do this. I meant to become a pro. I'm not there yet, but I'm doing the steps daily. I'm reminding oh, myself. I think you're a pro. Don't you downplay yourself. I think you're a pro. We're, no, no, no. You're doing a whole lot, buddy. 
You're doing a whole lot. Well, not there yet. Not there yet. But yeah, but yeah, I am. I am. I'm having the attitude of success, like Earl Nightingale says. You have to act, walk, talk, and conduct yourself in all of your affairs as the person you wish you want to become. Is it apparent that uh-huh. I listen to him all the freaking time? <laughs> But I mean, we grow in a place of adversity. We don't grow in a comfort zone. You know, like we don't, we don't, you know, like we just, we just don't. And so I think that that's, that was a beautiful message. I hope that whoever's in that industry really takes that to heart because it's, it was great. So thanks, thanks, thanks. It was awesome. Yeah, of course. Good. I appreciate you. You too. You too. As always, I want to leave you with three affirmations. I feel confident that I can reach my daily goals and objectives. My inner strength and confidence are attractive to others. I look for the positives in every situation. Thanks so much for listening. Talk soon.